0: Hi there. My name is Joe Martin. I'm pastor at First Baptist Church in Toledo, Washington. I want to thank you for taking a few moments to listen to this cabin talk. I know it looks like I've been in the cabin. I've been at man camp, and then a few days before that, the pre-man camp. Um, I want to talk to you out of Luke chapter chapter 9. I want to talk to you about dealing with your Samaritans out of this out of this passage. Um, we all have our version. Luke 9:51 says it like this. When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him, and they went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But they did not receive him because he was traveling toward Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? And he turned and he rebuked them. And he said, You do not know what kind of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy man's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. It's hard to be different, isn't it? And uh, people can be so different. And sometimes we don't even realize maybe we're really different from the people we're around. When I was in Korea years ago, I was eating in a restaurant and the person that was with me, people were looking at me and they looked kind of upset and bothered. Well, I was eating with my left hand because I'm left-handed. But of course, in those days in Korea, uh, I asked my interpreter, I said, why, what's the problem? He said, well, you shouldn't be eating with your left hand. I said, why? He said, because in traditional Korean culture, if you eat with your left hand, using the left hand, left-handed people are have a devil. <laughs> well, that wasn't going to really help. That was their cultural tradition. You know, it's amazing how people can be so different, and we can be so different from them. Um, it's hard to understand Um, Sometimes people can be openly hostile to us for reasons we don't really understand. They can be rude. People can be easy to dislike. We can have our own Samaritans. We are sometimes taught, intentionally or unintentionally, usually unintentionally, we're sometimes taught and even encouraged not to like people, sometimes even to hate people. This could be during times of war, it could be during times of, of um, you know, intense difficulty, one group against the other, maybe your country, your political party, maybe your religion. Happens sometimes in, in, not only in nations, but it can happen in families. Your family may train you to unintentionally even, to see people with suspicion or even disgust you know, prejudice can become a family tradition. Recently, they asked, a, they did a survey with parents, um, Christian parents, and they said, "What do you fear most for your children? Leaving their faith, rejecting Christianity and leaving their faith, or changing their politics?" A lot of parents answered and said, "You know, honestly, I know what." The answer should be, which is ought to be the relationship with Jesus, should be my greatest fear. But the honest ones, many, many, many of them said "But politics tends to worry me the most. These are the kind of things that can create difficulties and difficult relationships with groups of people and individuals. You know, those first disciples had the same kind of struggles, different um, details, but the same kind of struggles. They were Jews, and Jews had no friendly dealings with their northern cousins, the Samaritans. And these reasons were rooted in centuries of history and religion. Now, as I said, Samaritans were close cousins. Genetically, there were probably very little difference for a whole bunch of reasons. They were descendants of the northern ten tribes of Israel who formed a different country or a different kingdom after a civil war that was caused by two men, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, and another individual who had grown up in the court or around the court named Jeroboam, who was the opposition. He formed the Northern Kingdom. What have we to do with with Judah? Later, after they were conquered, and carried into captivity the Samaritans. The Assyrians sent back select descendants that were loyal to their particular uh, regime and, and um, they also sent back some of their own people to repopulate the land, kind of like a colonial approach. So there was some mixture with these other nations, the conquerors who colonized them after the conquest they were the Samaritans were different in their religion and this had even happened before because of political concerns and their national allegiance to the northern kingdom. Uh, they were, um, they they didn't want those, they didn't want Jews to go to Jerusalem, to the southern kingdom, to go to the temple. So they established their own temple in Bethel. And it became this kind of other, other, it was a lot of characteristics that were the same, but it was, a, it was a system that was designed to dissuade and offer an alternative to the temple in Jerusalem. Now, in the Jewish mind of Jesus' day, the racial mi- they were racially mixed. They were inferior. As a matter of fact, a, an insult in Jesus' day was, you have a devil and you're a Samaritan. They were culturally separate, and the Jews looked down and generally hated Samaritans. They really didn't like them. Uh, There was open resentment, by the way, not just going from the Jews toward the Samaritans, but there was also Samaritans didn't like the Jews for a whole bunch of reasons. But Jesus was so different in how he looked at and loved the people he encountered. You know, if you want to be like him, and I want to be like him, we have to look at how Jesus loved people. We have to look at how he approached people and how he dealt with people in his own time frame and try and make some applications to our own time. This takes your willing surrender to the Holy Spirit and his work, to have his spirit not another spirit and jesus was very intentional about talking about samaritans and contact with samaritans remember it says in john 4 he must go through samaria and then he met the woman at the well and and many many people came out to meet him the man who had told her everything about her life and jesus was very careful how he spoke about these samaritans remember he made a Samaritan, the hero of his story when he's talking to Jews, the good Samaritan. You know, you have your own Samaritans, people that you maybe feel uncomfortable with. You don't understand them fully. You're different. We all do. You have yours, I have mine. They may be distant relatives, people with different religious beliefs or political allegiances or cultural customs or ethnic heritages or just live in a different part of the country or even the county. But if you are going to change, you have to isolate and look at closely the way of Jesus and how he dealt with people and imitate him. How is Jesus different? Well, I want to point out three things that we see in this passage. First of all, Jesus saw through and beyond labels. He really did. He would refer to the Samaritans, but always in a way to point something out to others. In Luke nine fifty one, he says, When the days were approaching for his ascension, for, him, for, the, for his work at the cross and beyond, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. He determined this. He's going and he sent a messenger on ahead of him and went and entered the village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. He made a point to go Samaritans, through Samaria. He could e- we can easily fall into labeling like this. We, um, we do it. Now Jesus could have figured out a way to go around Samaria like many Jews did, and, and, but he didn't do it. He looked through and beyond labeling and we easily can get into labeling. And sometimes it just starts out as a shortcut for communications. This can also reveal what we notice and what we how we how we look at others. Your reveal your words oftentimes, mine too, reveal your heart. It's easy to just put a label on someone who um so we can easily identify them. But it's also easy to put a label on people who have hurt us or disappointed us. We call them toxic or dumb or evil or libs or mentally ill or addicts or right-wingers or tweakers or alkies or city or hicks. We just put a label on them. seems pretty harmless. But Jesus looked beyond and through that and you can add labels about people as a caution sometimes or as a joke more often as a put down and jesus dealt with people so differently jesus dealt with people as souls as individuals he saw them. he was willing and ready to go through Samaria. He didn't avoid it. As I said, like most Jews did, they would make a point to go around it. He insisted on going through it, even though he knew there would be maybe some struggles with this. Because he saw through and beyond, the second thing we see that Jesus did, beyond the resentments. You see, we can have resentments in our life, and they might be old resentments, and they might be new resentments. Old, long-term, family resentments. Old, long-term cultural resentments. In my family, you know, I've told you before that my mom died of cancer when I was 10. And we had a great friend of our family who was a wonderful man, a wonderful physician who helped our family. He was our family doc. But my family couldn't deal with their grief so well. So um, it was easy for them in their grief and their pain to... um, kind of blame the doctor our family doctor of course the reality was there was really nothing he could have done anyway no matter what with a recurring cancer back in those days now in retrospect you look back and you see it clearly but for many many years there was a resentment that even as a little kid i was and this family was kind of pushed out of our lives and they were wonderful people i mean i saw him later and i i talked to him about it and he said you know i uh, loved your mom he came to the house the day that she passed away and took care of everything but you see how you can without even realizing you get pulled into the grudges and the resentments of the family and of course i was able to do do what i could to rebuild the relationship with a wonderful wonderful man and his his wife and we can have old resentments Maybe old things that happen in your life or when you were a kid and you can have long term resentments. Or you can have new resentments. You know, there's always a new one on the coming your way. That's why when in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread is closely associated with us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, our trespass against us. Daily forgiveness is a must because the hits keep coming, don't they? And you know, the only thing it takes to really poison our spirits and to make us bitter people and to harden our hearts is to just not forgive people one more time and they hurt us. Notice verse, and, and, and resentment is never a one-way street. Look at um, verse 53, but they did not receive him because he was traveling toward Jerusalem, like I said resentment is not it's not a one way thing it's a two way street you know generally speaking we don't like people who don't like us right you say oh I don't know about that well let me ask you something who are you mad at you say "Well, I'm not mad at anybody well okay try this who's mad at you you might say oh yeah I guess maybe I don't like them too much you know, we don't like it. We don't like people. We can get resentments when people, when we feel shunned or put down or discriminated against, canceled, treated as deplorables, as some people will say. Don't like it. We don't like people that do that. And of course, Jesus' disciples didn't like it, but of course, the Samaritans didn't like it either. They rejected them, and it was kind of payback. Luke 9, 54 says, When the disciples James and John saw this, they said, they were hot, they were the sons of thunder, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? The Samaritans. Lord, they said, shall we call down fire and kill that whole village of people, those unbelieving heretics and rebellious half-breeds? You know, so often, resentments come along out of bad experiences. Sometimes it can cause us to mentally damn a whole group of people. I knew a guy, or I had these blah, 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 you fill in the blanks. They're all that way. Those cowboys, poorest people. They treat me. I hate cowboys. They're all the same. Blah, blah, blah. You know how we get one bad experience. It often, it often happens when you have a disappointing, or maybe even a frightening experience with, with, with a group of people. A disagreement or discrimination will cause you to form a prejudice that maybe goes along with, is a reflection of the pre- re- prejudice that you've had against a whole group of people. And then we can pass this on. I think we can even wrap it in our, our um, in religious clothing. When, you know, my, uh, one of my family members who grew up in the South, when he was a little boy, he was telling me that he had a young African-American boy, black boy, that was his... Playmate and when he got to be about 10 years old his mama pulled him aside and said you can't play with him anymore You can't play with him anymore That's just not how it is People will get the wrong idea Jesus calls us to see beyond these resentments and prejudices both inherited or built on your personal grievances Because Jesus sees through those resentments, those labels and those resentments. He sees through and beyond appearance. He sees the heart. He really does. He sees your heart, what you're doing right now, the people that you are resenting, their resentment toward you, the people that you've labeled. He sees your heart, your justifications. You know, the Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And when those disciples came to Jesus and said, shall we do this, call down fire? Jesus turned and he rebuked him. And that's a strong word. That's like really corrected him strongly. And he said, you do not know what kind of spirit you're of. Jesus could look right into the spirit. He sees through your religious acting. Your nice, polite posing. He sees you as you are, and me too. And there is no way to deny it. Matter of fact, Hebrews 4.13 says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Somebody was talking the other day They're talking about how, you know, people need to not just talk about love. They need to talk about sin. Well, what is sin? Sin is a lack of love. That's always a lack of love. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Lack of love for God. Sin is always a lack of love for God or somebody else. Remember, these two guys had been on the Mount of Transfiguration. They had seen Jesus transfigured before them, yet they left, their, they left their personal great experience with God, yet they still left their personal and political and religious cultural prejudices fill their hearts with hate for these people, for their Samaritans. They hated them so much that they, they, they thought it was a good enough idea to present to Jesus the killing and burning of a whole village, wholesale. And Jesus also sees the hearts of your enemies, your Samaritans, and he loves them. He sees your heart, but he also sees their heart. He loves them and he wants to save them. Jesus sees beyond to a time when Samaritans will come to salvation by the thousands. Remember, the Son of Man did not come, verse 56, to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And then he went on to another village. If you are to love like Jesus commands, you have to see your Samaritans as he sees them. You have to see them The way he sees them. And you know how he sees them? They're loved. They are needing salvation. Not your judgment. Not your resentment. Not your labels. Jesus sees. He's not fooled by appearance. He sees the heart. And Jesus saw the Samaritans of his day as souls for saving. Guess what? And later. That's exactly what he does. Acts chapter 8, four. therefore those who had been scattered abroad went preaching the word, and Philip went down to the city of Samaritan and began proclaiming Christ to them, and thousands came. It was a great revival. You know, you need to see your Samaritans the same way, as souls for saving. That's right. You've got to get over yourself and see what's really going on. Who are your Samaritans today? Hmm? Your label, The people you label, you put labels on. People you resent. People you judge by appearance. And where do you need God to help you see people differently? Where do you need to see through and beyond the labels? Where do you need to see through and beyond your resentments, old or new? And who do you need to see through and beyond their present appearance to see them as souls for saving, to see a soul God loves, to see a soul that grace can change and heal? And how do you need to see through and beyond your own heart's brokenness and believe in God's love? You know, so send us some information. Let it, we'll send you some information on these courses. They will really help you. Thank you for watching this and share it if you feel like it helped you. God bless you.